Hi, this is Pastor Wade Floyd coming to you from First United Methodist Church of Lake Jackson. This is our weekly message. We're so glad that you have joined us. We hope this message will bless you. So um, the other day I was, um, I think it was at AGB, I saw a picture of, an aerial picture from 1953, 1954, somewhere in there, um, around the 10-year anniversary of the incorporation founding of Lake Jackson. And it was really neat to see, it was neat to see what has changed and what hasn't changed in the last 70 years. Of course, you could see the famous this way and that way, along with parking way and circle way and... uh, Centerway and even Oak Drive right over here. It was neat to see all that. And it, it was, I was glad for all of that. Not only is that something that the town is famous for, but it, it kind of gave bearings. And so I could kind of look at it and be like, okay, there's that, there's that. It looks very much the same. There's the church. And the, the church was there. It was there um, on the corner of Azalea and Yopon, just like it is today. That this church has been here for pretty much the entire time the town has been here, which is pretty amazing. The name at the time, Miss Julie talked about name changes and some reasons for that. The name at the time was First Methodist Church because the United Methodist Church uh, didn't come into existence until 1968. The building looked different as well. The, this sanctuary wasn't there. The sanctuary was uh, the Wesley Hall, what we call Wesley Hall now, uh, the chapel wasn't there, and several classrooms. Uh, it was a smaller footprint at the time, but it was still there. The nucleus of the building and the people of FUMC was in place at that time. A few other changes I noticed was that Lake Drugstore has been replaced by other pharmacies. Lake Theater, I like the lake kind of thing, the theme that was going on then. The Lake Theater has changed to AMC, and it's, of course, moved out to Brazosport Mall, which wasn't around then. Uh, I'm not, I think it was just a field at that time. And many businesses throughout town have changed either names or changed locations. Many changes have come since the churches and the city's founding. But the foundation of both is still there. It was built on sure foundations. And each have learned that embracing changes is what it takes to continue moving forward through it all. Paul, our final person in our Heroes of the Bible series that we have been doing this summer, he didn't start out his life with the name that he was famous for. Instead, he was given the name Saul. And as we will see, there were many changes in his life that needed to take place for him to move from Saul to Paul. We're going to read about the start of these changes in today's scripture, which comes from Acts chapter 9, verses 3 through 19. Please hear now the reading of God's holy word. Now as he was going along and approaching Damascus, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him, and he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? 
And he asked, Who are you, Lord? The reply came, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But get up and enter the city, and you will be told what you are to do. The men who were traveling with him stood speechless because they heard the voice but saw no one. Saul got up from the ground, and though his eyes were open, he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. For three days he was without sight and neither ate nor drank. Now there was a disciple in Damascus named Ananias. The Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias, he answered, Here I am, Lord. The Lord said to him, Go up and go to the street called Straight. And at the house of Judas, look for a man of Tarsus named Saul. At this moment, he is praying, and he has seen in a vision a man named Ananias come in and lay his hands on him so that he might regain his sight. But Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how much evil he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priests to bind all who invoke your name. But the Lord said to him, Go, for he is an instrument whom I have chosen to bring my name before the Gentiles and kings and before the people of Israel. I myself will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. So Ananias went and entered the house. He laid his hands on Saul and said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on your way here has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately something like scales fell from his eyes, and his sight was restored. Then he got up and was baptized. And after taking some food, he regained his strength. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Lord, we give you thanks and praise for your word. We ask that you would open our hearts, open our minds. Let us hear from you today. May my words be of you, O Lord. Amen. So when we catch up with Saul of Tarsus in our passage, he is firmly and surely an enemy of the church. He has overseen the stoning of Stephen by this time. And Stephen was the first martyr of the Christian faith. He has arrested many Christians. and, And what it says is that he is ravaging the church. It's not just that he is one of the enemies. He is one of the main enemies. He is basically out there trying to round up everyone. He's trying to stamp out. He was on a mission, that is, to stamp out anything and anyone associated with Jesus and those who follow Jesus. Christianity was the new kid on the block in terms of a religious movement as it had only been around for a few years when Saul makes this trip to Damascus, uh, as this would have been in around the year 35 AD, that is. However, this wasn't a leisurely trip. Instead, he was on the way to Damascus to continue terrorizing the church and arrest as many Christians as he could. That was until God stepped in and change the trajectory of not only his life, but the trajectory of the entire church. 
as he closes in on Damascus for his nefarious purposes, Saul has a sudden interaction with Jesus. The Lord shines his light on Saul, which we later learn temporarily blinded him. And Jesus asks him a simple question. Why are you persecuting me? Never having interacted with Jesus before, Saul asks, who, who are you? And finds out that he is hearing straight from the horse's mouth that this is Jesus, that this is the one from the, that he had been using all his efforts to stamp out, that this was Jesus, the one who was talking to him was Jesus. Jesus tells him to, to go to Damascus and to wait there to, do, uh, to be told to do what to do next. Saul does so, and for three days before Jesus brings out a powerful act by a former enemy. Christ calls a man named Ananias to heal Saul's blindness and to bring the message of God's grace. Ananias protests knowing who Saul was and knowing what he had done before and knowing that what he, was, what he had came there for as well. He came to town to, to arrest and to murder Christians, just like he had done before. I, I want, before we go forward, I want you to put yourself in that place, in the place of Ananias. Think about your worst enemy has come to town. And not only that, they have come to possibly arrest you, or worse. And you are asked, not to just sit idly, not to defend yourself, but you're asked to go to them and to convince them to switch sides. My question is, would you stay where you're at or would you go? It's a hard choice, but one we need to be aware of because we are often presented with opportunities to extend grace towards others. And if we don't comprehend these opportunities when they come, we can miss a time to be the hands and feet of Jesus, to be that in real ways in someone's life or to a group of people. After he is spiritually patted on the back by Jesus and told of God's plan, Ananias seizes the opportunity to live out his faith. Ananias said yes, and the church has benefited since. I say this because when he goes to Saul, Ananias through the Holy Spirit restores not only his physical sight, but gives him a spiritual sight that he had never had before. He could truly see. Saul had his amazing grace moment. He once was lost, but now he was found. He was physically and spiritually blind, but now he could see. Paul, Saul that is, immediately became a baptized member of the church. And he spent the next three years learning what it meant to follow Jesus. When he returned from those three years, Saul of Tarsus had been transformed into Paul the Apostle. However, his ministry got off to a rocky start, and it took time. It took a few more years for him to become the hero of the Bible we know. And Paul would tell you that his hero status 
isn't due to him being a self-made man, but instead that others were around who saw it in him and who believed that he was called to spread the gospel. Paul would also tell you that he didn't do ministry by himself, but he included others on the way. Just as others included him, he included others. And some of the names you'll recognize in this kind of list of those around him who believed in, who believed in him and who he believed in. Barnabas, Peter, James, Timothy, Silas, Luke, Mark, Priscilla, Aquila, Apollos, Titus, Lydia, and the list could go on. He poured into these people's lives or they poured into his life. Paul would go on to write a significant number of letters that are included in the New Testament. We saw the where he's passing that letter. That's what, what made me think of that. Paul and those who he mentored, Luke and Mark, wrote, four, I'm sorry, 16 of the 27 books of the New Testament. That's 60%. Meaning that, as it said in the video, that Christianity was greatly impacted by Paul and those he ministered to. Not just then, but all the way through now. Luke is the one who wrote the words we read this morning as he wrote not only the Gospel of Luke, but Acts as well. What changed Saul to Paul was his interaction with Jesus and his decision to go from fighting change to embracing it. From being an enemy of the church to being its champion. And we can say the same of each of the hero we have talked about in this series. Abraham, going all the way back to our first week. Abraham had to embrace change when he decided to leave his homeland and, and to move to what would one day be the Holy Land. Moses had to embrace change when he went from a member of the Egyptian court to being the one who called them out and said, you need to release the Israelites from slavery. David had to embrace change when he moved from a shepherd of sheep to a leader of Israel. Esther had to embrace change when she boldly agreed that God had called her to step up for her people, the Jewish people, for such a time as this. Mary embraced change when she accepted God's call to be Christ's mother, no matter the consequences. Peter embraced change when he went from a fisherman to a fisher of people. And each of these became champions of the faith because they embraced change. Each of these heroes, along with many others in the Bible and, and many throughout church history, have embraced the changes going on around them. And, and they have figured out how to improvise, how to make adjustments, how to adapt and overcome the obstacles in their way by the help of God and other fellow believers of Christ. The most heroic thing we can do as individuals and as a church is to embrace the changes going on around us. Not just now, but, but each time changes come. To move forward into the future God has for us, we need to improvise, adjust, adapt, and overcome the obstacles in our way with the help of God and with our other fellow believers. 
We each can become like Paul and our other heroes of the Bible that we have talked about. We can become champions. We can be champions, that is, of the Christian faith when we embrace change and figure out the adjustments needed so that God can continue to use each of us and to use First United Methodist Church of Lake Jackson for the building up of God's kingdom and the making of, Jesus, making of disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of our world in Brazosport area and beyond. Amen? Let us pray. Lord, we give you thanks for Saul, Paul, the one who embraced change, and the other ones we have talked about are Abraham, Moses, uh, David, Esther, Mary, Peter. Each of these, Lord, embraced you and embraced what was going on around them, knowing that you would guide them. Lord, help us to do the same. Help us to embrace you so that we can face the obstacles, knowing that you are greater than them, knowing that you are greater than anything that can stand before us, Lord. Help us to walk with you each step of the, our lives, Lord, as individuals, as a church. Let us join hands together, Lord, and embrace our world, knowing that it needs to hear about you. Lord, we ask all of this in your son's name. Amen. Thank you for joining us for our weekly sermon message. We hope this, this has blessed you in some way. Please see our notes below for if you have a prayer request or if you would like to learn more about our church.